Good morning, everyone. And good morning to those who are watching online. If, if you're watching online and you happen to be on vacation for this holiday weekend, let us know where you're worshiping from. Um, and for all of us here in Gadsden, we have perfect weather for this holiday weekend, don't we? It's great. Uh, I have a couple of quick announcements. Our mosaic service that's been meeting on Tuesday nights has moved to Thursdays, and we've moved times too. We're going to be meeting at 6 o'clock. And we're back at the back 40 again. So we're going to be out on the uh, patio outside there on Thursdays at 6 o'clock. So we're excited about that. Um, If you have not downloaded the church app, there's so many cool things you can do on it. You can um, read through the Bible in a year if you go on the Bible tab. Or you can look up scriptures uh, on there as well. Our Wednesday nights are awesome here at the church. The kids and the youth are having a blast on Wednesdays. So you want to check that out. And Pastor Sam on Wednesdays has the best Bible study in the country. Ever. Ever, Of all time. So uh, that's great. You want to check that out. Um, And and this is the biggest announcement. The last Sunday of this month is going to be, we are going to be celebrating 175 years of ministry and mission here at the church. That is awesome. What a great uh, celebration. Bishop Deborah Wallace Padgett is going to be here to preach that Sunday. It's going to be one service at 10 a.m. You can RSVP online or call the church. We're asking people to do that just so we can properly spread out and know how many people will be here. Um, And while you're online RSVPing for that, you can also, uh, there's a space to fill in the comment section to write what you love about the church. It's exciting. Go ahead and do that. Uh, But we are excited for that event. And let's go to the Lord in prayer this morning. Loving God, we are so thankful for this uh, beautiful holiday weekend. We're, we're thankful for this great weather. We pray right now that you will calm our hearts and our minds and help us focus on you. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. I invite you to stand together this morning as we sing hymn number 154. All hail the power of Jesus' name.
Please remain standing and join us in the affirmation of faith. I believe in God the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified and buried. The third day he rose from the dead. He ascended into heaven and sitteth at the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From thence he shall come to judge the quick and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. you please be seated and I want to invite our children now to go with uh, Luke and Miss Catherine to Children's Church. They have a wonderful time. We have a wonderful children's ministry here at Gadsden First United Methodist Church and I can't believe we're about to celebrate our 175th birthday anniversary or however we want to say it 175 years here that's a long time so I'm excited about our celebration we're going to um, we're going to just do the whole thing up as best we can we're still going to do if in case you're wondering we're still going to do live stream it's going to be one service at 10 o'clock we're still going to do live stream we're still going to separate out every other pew we're going to have overflow up in the gym so that if we have a big crowd that day we can still kind of space ourselves out and we're doing this because as as you all know we're kind of in the in the midst of a, a, a crisis level uh, in our health uh, right now and we want to respect that we want to keep people safe so that is a, a prayer request we can say that and we want to uh, we want to pray for you if you have a prayer request, will you let us know by, by sending your prayer request to us by email or writing it on one of our, our newsletters that you see here has a tear off, you can write that. Or you can just call the church office. We, our prayer team prays every week. We pray over all of our prayer requests. We love to hear these wonderful reports of what God is doing, the God sightings that you have. We, will, we love to hear what the church means for you. I encourage you, as Pastor Andy said, when you do your RSVP for the anniversary service, put a little something on there about what makes this church special to you, and, and we'll share those stories as well. Thank you for supporting the ministries of this church. Thank you for, for giving. You can give by dropping an offering in the offering plate. You can give online. You can give by text to give with so many different ways. Uh, but I just thank you and I want to encourage you to keep on giving so we can keep on for the next 175 years, right? All right, will you join me as we go to the Lord in prayer? Gracious God, for this beautiful day, for 175 years of ministry right here in the heart of Gadsden, Alabama, for this wonderful legacy, for the wonderful heritage that we have from 
that started way back when the circuit riders were riding horseback. And uh, God, for all of that, we give you praise for being able to worship and for being able to worship and be connected even with those who aren't in the room. It's amazing, God. We give you thanks for that. For all of the good things in our lives, everything that is sweet, everything that is good and perfect, everything that is true and everything that is beautiful, everything that is good, we give you thanks because it comes as a blessing from you. For forgiveness of our sins, we ask, Lord, that you would continue to to heal us and wash us clean, continue to mend our broken places, God, because we need that. We need it individually. We need it as a community, as a nation, as a world. We are, are groaning with the rest of your creation, Lord, for your redemption So, Lord, pour out your grace upon us today as we celebrate and worship and and have Holy Communion together. Lord, pour out your grace upon us and teach us to pray the prayer that Jesus taught his disciples when he said, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. And forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen.
so much, Ezra. Just uh, lifts us right up into a place of worship, this music. I'm so grateful, so thankful for it. We are going to be talking about the theme of labor all month long in September. Even for our 175th anniversary service is going to be called the labor of love. That's, that's our theme for our 175th anniversary. And today we're going to be talking about Labor Day. Any of you wear your, your white smocks today because your, your mother told you you can't wear it after Labor Day? I, I should have worn my seersucker suit today, really. I don't know. I might rebel and wear it after Labor Day just, just, just to be that way. We are going to talk about Labor Day today, and the scripture we're going to be using is John chapter 9, verses 1 through 7. So hear the word of the Lord in the Gospel of John. As he walked along, he saw a man blind from birth. His disciples said to him, Rabbi, who sinned, this man or his parents, that he was born blind? Jesus answered, neither this man nor his parents sinned, but he was born blind that God's works might be revealed in him. I, or we, must work the works of him who sent me while it is day. Night is coming when no one can work. As long as I am in the world, I am the light of the world. When he had said this, he spat on the ground and made mud with the saliva and spread the mud on the man's eyes, saying to him, Go wash in the pool of Siloam, which means scent. Then he went and washed and came back able to see. Word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. I don't know if you've ever thought about what a unique holiday Labor Day is. Usually on Labor Day, we're thinking about, okay, this is going to be the last time we get to go to the lake or, or go to the beach. It's going to be the last big summer holiday. We're going to have barbecue. We're going to, in my neck of the woods, we always have chicken stew. I don't know how they do it here uh, in, in central Alabama, but in northwest Alabama, chicken stew, Labor Day, you just have it that way, okay? Um, so a lot of things we think about Labor Day and, oh, you know, you get a day off work, whatever. But have you ever thought about how this is a holiday that doesn't center around any one person? It doesn't center around any one event. It's a holiday that represents just workers, laborers, American laborers. It goes all the way back to 1882 when the first Labor Day was celebrated in New York City. And then it kind of spread from state to state. And in 1894, uh, Congress passed a law making the first Monday in September a legal holiday. And President Grover Kitchens signed it into, are y'all listening this morning? President, President Grover Cleveland signed it into law in 1894. So for 127 years, 127 years, the first Monday in September, we just celebrate that people work, that, that people labor. So why are we even talking about this in church? And, and you might be thinking, is this, is this even appropriate to talk about in church? I think, and I'm going to give you three reasons why I think that Labor Day is a big deal for Christians. 
And the first one is this. It goes all the way back to Genesis chapter 1, verse 1. Um, we celebrate Labor Day. Labor Day is a big deal for us because we have a God who labored. God labored. It, Genesis 1, 1, you know the verse. In the beginning, God created. The word created is the Hebrew word for to mold and to engrave, to carve, to, to do something. And then in verse 27, the, kind of the crown jewel of God's creation, it says that God created human beings. God created in his own image. And then in verse 28, when he had created human beings in his own image, he gave them something to do. He said, go and take care of this creation that I've given you to take care of and be fruitful and all of that. And then in chapter 2 in the book of Genesis, we see through at the end of creation, it said that when creation was completed over that period of time, that God rested from his labor. God labors. So why does this all-powerful God who could have just thought something into existence, why did this all-powerful God in whose image we are made labor and I don't know a lot but I'm going to take a stab at this I think God chose to do that because it pleased God to do it that way because laboring is part of who God is to labor for a period of time to keep on laboring to keep on creating to keep on doing so how does God do that I don't know I don't know, any, any theologian or any scientist that tells you there's no room for mystery is pulling your leg and trying to sell you snake oil. I don't know. By faith, Hebrews 11.3 says, by faith we understand that the worlds were prepared by the word of God so that what is seen was not made out of things that are visible. I don't know how God took nothing and made something out of it. I don't know how God works a miracle in a human heart today. I don't know how. But my point is that God, from the very beginning, chose to labor, chose to mold, to chose to carve and create because it pleased him to do that. It pleased him to be that way. So over and over again, we are called, we, God's creation, are called to consider God's labor. Psalm 66, 5 says, come and see the works of God who is awesome in his deed toward the sons of men. Come and see the works of God. Uh, we have a beautiful place, don't we? To live and to go and to look and see the works of God. Psalm 8, verses 3 and 4, I'll bet you've heard before. Our choir has sung before. It says, when I consider thy heavens, the works of thy fingers, the moon and the stars which thou hast prepared... What is man that thou art mindful of him, or the son of man that thou givest thought to him? When I consider the product, the fruit of God's labor, I'm amazed, aren't you? Our laboring, awesome God. Another reason why I believe that Labor Day is a big deal for us is because Jesus labored. Jesus, who was the word of God made flesh, Jesus was the very fullness of the Godhead in bodily form. And we see Jesus laboring in the Gospel of John chapter 9. Jesus said in verse 4 of John 9, I must work. Some translations say we must work. 
but Jesus said, I must work. Work is the Greek word there to perform. I must perform what I've been sent to perform while I still have an opportunity to do it. To perform. Think about what you do when you perform. You take your God-given abilities and your talents and you use them. You labor with them. If you perform a concert, you take your God-given talents and you use them. If you perform surgery, you take your God-given talents and you use them, you labor with them. And Jesus said, I've got to use what God has given me and I've got to do the works of him who sent me. While Jesus, the world, Jesus labored. So what did he do here? He made mud pies. Have any of y'all ever made mud pies? You can, it's okay, you can admit it. I made mud pies. If you haven't, I highly recommend it. It's fun. It gets you all grimy. And don't eat them, okay? Don't eat them, but, uh, but make them. It's fun. Jesus, Jesus made mud pies with his saliva. Now, my mother would not have approved of that because uh, I'm, I'm from the country. I've said this before, and I, and I can spit with the best of them, but my mother would not let me spit in, in public and polite company or anything like that and certainly wouldn't have approved of me taking our red clay mud around here and making a mud pie with my saliva. But Jesus did. Jesus did exactly that. And I want you to think, remember back when we talked about Genesis 1, chapter 1, how in the beginning God created, and the word created means to labor, to mold, and to make. So what Jesus did takes me back to the very beginning of creation, just taking nothing, making something out of it, and using it to do the work of God. In Jesus' day, saliva was considered to have healing properties especially the saliva of a famous person this wasn't the only time jesus used saliva by the way in his healing and in, in uh, the gospel of mark he used his saliva to heal a deaf man um but he worked he labored he molded he created he healed now his work began before he made the mud pies I think his work began all the way back in verse 1. It says, he saw the man who was blind from birth. You need to say, well, that doesn't sound like a big deal. That sounds like a detail you could skip right over. But he saw him. How many people had walked by that man and not seen him because he was part of the scenery? He'd been blind his whole life. Everybody knew, well, there's so-and-so. He, he can't see but Jesus saw him. Jesus didn't make the mistake of just walking on by. Jesus didn't make the mistake that his disciples made by trying to, I don't know, theologize the problem. His disciples said, okay, who sinned that this guy's blind? His, him or his parents? Because in Jesus' day, they thought anybody that had a, a health problem or a disaster or anything like that, it was because God was mad at them for sinning. And Jesus said, no, this is just an opportunity, what this is. This is an opportunity for us to work the work that God has given us to work. He didn't make the mistake of missing the opportunity of doing something good. He saw the need, and he used the gifts that he had to meet the physical and the spiritual needs of somebody that was right there who had been marginalized by everybody else. I'm going to say that again. 
because this is a huge hint for those of us who say we follow Jesus. Jesus took the gifts that he had, he took what he had on hand, and he used them to meet the physical and the spiritual needs of those who had been marginalized and overlooked by everybody else. That's what he did. And he did it with a combination of natural and supernatural resources. It doesn't sound this way to us, but spitting and making, uh, making a little mud pie was not as gross and unhygienic as it would appear to be because, um, the, like I said before, saliva was considered to be, have medicinal uses. By the way, saliva on a Kleenex of a mother can clean anything off of your face that, uh, that, that needs to get cleaned, right? Right, you know, it'll, it'll, it'll clean anything off a child's face. And as I said in Mark 7, 33, Jesus used his saliva to heal the deaf and mute man. Clay and mud sounds kind of nasty to us, but in that day, certain types of clay and soil were used as treatment uh, of diseases. I don't know some of those old home memories. Any of y'all ever put chewing tobacco on a, on a wasp sting or any, some of those old home remedies? So Jesus used what was on hand and what was widely accepted as the medicine of the day and he also used the supernatural. He also used the supernatural because he told this blind man whose eyes he had anointed to take a step of faith, to go to a pool called Siloam. I don't know how far away it was from where they were, but I know the guy was blind, had been all his life. It, was, it couldn't have been easy for him to get there. It must have sounded strange to him to, to go and wash his eyes after this guy had anointed his eyes. He had to take a step of faith. You see, we today still believe in the natural and the supernatural resources that comes for healing of the body and the mind, don't we? I hope that you do. I hope that you take your medicine. I hope you go to see your doctor and I hope you also pray. We do both. We don't just do one or the other. We are concerned about the physical needs and we're concerned about the spiritual needs. It's not one or the other. And that is something that, that Jesus was concerned about too. Jesus worked the works of God. He saw the needs that other people ignored. He used his gifts to meet the physical and spiritual needs using the natural and the supernatural resources he had available to him. That's what he did. He labored in that way. In verse 4, I mentioned before, it says, some translations say, I must work the works of God. Some translations say, we must work the works of God. So, okay, which is it? It's both. It's both. Jesus said, I've got to work while I, while I still can, and we do too. In case you haven't guessed, the third reason why I believe Labor Day is a big deal is because we're laborers. We're laborers. We work. And that's what Labor Day is meant to celebrate. It's meant to celebrate work. We're created in the image of God, a God who labors. Ephesians 2.10 says we are his workmanship. He molded us and created us. We are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. 
God made us and he made us to do something. We've got a purpose and a job and a work. And you might say, well, I'm kind of tired, Pastor Sam. I'm kind of tired of working. But to work is to be who we are. Is the job never gets done. The job never gets done. There's an old saying that a, a dairy farmer used to say is that the hard, hardest thing about milking cows is they never stay milked, right? The, the need is always there for us to use what God has given to us naturally and supernaturally. We're created to labor. We're called to labor. And here's the cool thing. We get to labor together with the Lord. 1 Corinthians 3, 9 says, we are God's fellow laborers. We are yoked together with Christ, pulling with him, working together with each other, laboring together. And in verse 4, I keep going back to verse 4, is very key in this story. Jesus said, as long as it is day, as long as it is day, he said, well, I'm in the world, I'm the light of the world. I've got to do what I've got to do, what God has sent me to do while I've got the opportunity to do it. You make hay while the sun is shining, don't you? Galatians 6.10 says, so then while we have an opportunity, let us do good to all people. While we have the opportunity, the opportunity, the Greek word kairos, the season, the time, while we have this time, we need to celebrate Labor Day. I need a trip to the beach too, by the way, and some good chicken stew, but we need to celebrate Labor Day because we have an awesome laboring God who sent his son to do the works that he had to work who sends us to do the works that we have the privilege of doing as his fellow laborers. So while we have the opportunity, church, let's do that. Let's do that. One of the prayers over communion that has been said historically is to thank God who provides the seed for the sower, the bread for the food, Thank God who sends the rain, who causes the grapes to grow, and then someone who labors to make the bread, someone who labors to make the wine. And we, most important of all, remember when we celebrate Holy Communion that this bread and this cup represent the work of redemption of our Lord and Savior. I want to ask you now, if you will, to join me um, in order of worship. If you want to use the hymnal, you can find this um, on page 12 in your hymnal. If you want to follow along on the screen, uh, at home I would ask if you go and get whatever you have on hand because you are connected with us and you can celebrate Holy Communion with us too. So as you turn to page 12, I'm gonna come around here. And before I go any further, I want to uh, just say a couple of things that I, I always say during Holy Communion. Uh, in the United Methodist tradition, everyone is welcome at the Lord's table. So you are all welcome to receive Holy Communion with us. 
and we welcome you at home to use whatever you have on hand because we are going to be in communion with you even if you're not in this room. Another thing I want to remind you about is if you have not received one of these uh, communion cups, there are some in the, uh, on a plate back there and a plate up here just outside these doors. If you haven't already received one, I think Sheila's, yeah, uh, going back there. So, okay. Another thing is these things are sometimes the dickens to, to get open. Like they should, should, should I mean, maybe it's, it's I don't have the um, manual dexterity that I should, but the little top layer is peeled back for the wafer, the bottom layer for the cup. There's a receptacle over here uh, for you to put your um, cup, empty cup in when we get to that point. And then uh, as you come by, this is another thing I want to remind you of. It's our tradition on uh, Communion Sunday to receive a communion offering. And the offering that we have, if you have it today and you're in this room, you can drop it on the altar rail here where we normally would be kneeling together. But the communion offering is used for local missions. We have on a daily basis people calling and asking for help with various things and we use our communion offerings for that. 100% of it goes to help for local missions. Um, so let us now prepare our hearts to receive communion. Christ our Lord invites to his table all who love him, who earnestly repent of their sin and seek to live in peace with one another. Therefore, let us confess our sin before God and one another. Merciful, Merciful God, God, we confess, confess that we have not loved you with our, with our whole heart. heart. We, we have failed to be an obedient church. church. We, we have not done your will. We have broken your law. We have rebelled, rebelled against your love. We have not loved our neighbors. We have not heard the cry of the needy. Forgive us, we pray. Free us for joyful obedience through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Hear the good news. Christ died for us while we were yet sinners. That proves God's love toward us. In the name of Jesus Christ, you are forgiven. In the name of Jesus Christ, you are forgiven. Glory to God. Amen. Now will you continue with me with the great thanksgiving in the middle of page 13 if you're following along in the hymnal. The Lord be with you. Lift up your hearts. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It is right and a good and joyful thing always and everywhere to give thanks to you, Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth. And so with your people on earth and all the company of heaven, we praise your name and join their unending hymn. Holy, holy, holy Lord, God of power and might, heaven and earth are full of your glory. Hosanna in the highest. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. Holy are you and blessed is your son, Jesus Christ. By the baptism of his suffering, death, and resurrection, you gave birth to your church, delivered us from slavery to sin and death, made with us a new covenant by water and the Spirit. On the night in which he gave himself up for us, he took the bread and gave thanks to you, 
broke the bread, gave it to his disciples and said, take, eat, this is my body which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. When the supper was over, he took the cup, gave thanks to you, gave it to his disciples and said, drink from this, all of you. This is my blood of the new covenant poured out for you and for many for the forgiveness of sins. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. And so in remembrance of these, your mighty acts in Jesus Christ, we offer ourselves in praise and thanksgiving as a holy and living sacrifice in union with Christ's offering for us as we proclaim the mystery of faith. Christ has died. Christ is risen. Christ will come again. Pour out your spirit on us gathered here and on these gifts of bread and wine. Make them be for us the body and blood of Christ that we may be for the world the body of Christ redeemed by his blood. By your spirit, make us one with Christ one with each other, and one in ministry to all the world until Christ comes in final victory and we feast at his heavenly banquet. Through your Son, Jesus Christ, with the Holy Spirit in your holy church, all honor and glory is yours, Almighty Father, now and forever. Amen. Body of Christ, broken for you. Blood of Christ, shed for you. I want to ask you, if you will, to please stand as you're able. 399 is our closing hymn, Take My Life and Let It Be. And this is not just a hymn, it's a prayer of consecration. So let us make this our prayer in closing. 399, let's stand together. my life and let it be consecrated Lord to thee today
And now will you receive this benediction? Oh God, how thankful we are for this holy mystery in which you have given yourself in labor for us. And now help us, fed by your love, to go forth and labor for others. Amen.